Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey DeGreeg, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Kurt, quick question for you. Who is the sponsor to our podcast? I believe it's Amador Whiskey Company. And that is correct, of course, right on the money. Uh, And one of the taglines that I use when I read that is, Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Kurt, the way we're going right now, we might have a Big Ten team in each one of those states. Jesus H. <laughs> oh, uh, mercy. I hadn't thought about it. That's a good point. You know, it's funny. I've always thought, oh, it's kind of funny that we have a Big Ten podcast and two of the states that we say all the time are not in the Big Ten. Well, we've already got one down, uh, of course, with the news that we were talking about, hence the emergency pod that... Kurt and I pumped out for you tonight. Washington and Oregon have officially joined the Big Ten sometime around about 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, maybe noon, Central Standard Time. Uh, It's something that we had heard about, I mean, honestly, about five minutes after USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. they They already started throwing out teams on the West Coast that would be joining the Big Ten. Uh, but it kind of quieted down, obviously, and then has caught fire certainly this past week. Kurt and I thought, let's not record a podcast until something actually happened. Well, something happened. Here we are. Kurt, how do you feel about the big B1G news of the day? Well, how do I feel about it? Not great. I, I didn't feel great about USC and UCLA, and it's it's nothing against any of those four programs. It's just that I am a traditionalist when it comes to college football. I feel like college football peaked when I was like the 80s, 90s. That was the peak of college football when things were, for me, perfect. And realignment kind of tinkers with that perfection, in my opinion. But, you know, we talked about this before, when K-Dub was around, when he added USC and UCLA, it's probably a good move for the Big Ten as a conference. If yep. you're talking about national recognition, if you're talking about revenue, if you're talking about winning national championships, I understand why they're doing all this. And then, I mean, we can't do an oral history of this entire thing, but, um, you know, a lot of memes, it's been a it's been a heavy meme week uh, for any any people that are on Twitter and follow Big Ten football. Uh, there's been some some funny ones, and a lot of them have been focused on how the Big Ten is essentially pointing a gun at at the Pac-10, 12, whatever you want to call it, and officially kill it. Um, so really, what I'm getting at is where did the craziness start from? Um, some people might say the Big Ten killed the Pac-10, 12 when they took USC and UCLA on certainly no nobody's going to argue that but i would actually go back further and say that and it's just fun to blame everything on texas but i would blame texas because i don't believe oklahoma really wanted to leave the big 12 i think texas and their big boy britches and their you know very thin ego needed to go after the big money and the big stage when they left the big 12 
to join the SEC. To me, that was the biggest seismic shift of all of this realignment that's happened all through the years. That is what put the pressure on K-Dub and the Big Ten. That brings it to USC and UCLA. And then more dominoes have fallen. And it's now we are in the goofy era that we are in now that I don't believe anybody over the age of 32 likes, you know, uh, uh, maybe I like maybe even younger. Maybe there's even some younger Big Ten fans that don't like it. But every person that I talk to that's around my age, our age, is not liking the news that's been hitting the airwaves. See, I'm sorry. I got to defend the Longhorns here. Were they one of the early dominoes? Yeah, okay. I, I suppose they were. But we really just have to blame the almighty dollar here. This was all about getting, maximizing your TV revenue. I mean, they started the Longhorn Network, right? And that pissed off everyone in the Big 12. So Nebraska leaves. Big 10 wants more revenue. So they go and they grab a couple East Coast teams to get those those TV markets. Then, you know, when Oklahoma, Texas moved to the SEC for more money, then the Big Ten's got to make their move. So they grab USC and UCLA. Now, Big Ten does look like the aggressor because now they're leading the pack and kind of the SEC is on their heels right now. Right. What do we do? Right. And I had thought reading through the tea leaves the last 24 hours, because this is how crazy it's it changed. I mean, I, I felt differently about this thing every 24 to 48 hours. I thought we had gotten to the point where money, certainly you're 100% correct, caused this to happen. I thought money was going to wind up stopping any more from happening. And what I'm getting at is that, you know, it seems like you would think Fox and NBC and CBS are are in the peacock, you know, are just tapped out. I mean, we're talking b- 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 billions of dollars. ESPN is is in some big trouble. I mean, ESPN and Disney, you know, are in big trouble. So to me, them, you know, grabbing teams and making big splashy uh, uh, purchases and whatnot. Long story short is I just thought we had essentially hit a tipping point financially. And there's kind of two tipping points here where we just were not going to see anything more because it just didn't financially make any sense. Bringing in two teams, there's been rumored today, you know, that it would be four teams. I still don't even know if we're out of the woods, Kurt, that there could be two more teams that that get added to the Big Ten. I, I don't freaking know. And I, I thought we had gotten to the point where because of the revenue share, adding two more teams dilutes your income down from 16 teams to 18 teams. I would think that would upset the big boys in the Big Ten. I thought maybe that's what would stave off this stuff from happening. But here we are. We're recording this podcast Friday evening. Nothing apparently was going to stave off more teams coming into Big Ten and even more importantly, the Pac-12 just imploding. Yeah, I I think there's definitely a point of uh, diminishing returns and we got to be reaching that, right? And I think the conference is willing to accept you know, a a a, a uh, kind of a small dip, if it means reaching a larger audience and having a better chance at winning a national championship, but not much. They're not going to give up much. Correct. So I I feel I feel like we're kind of probably there right now. Yeah, I would think so. Um, which I guess brings me kind of to the first point that I would br- that. I, 
let me just say this. I feel like nobody brings this point up, and I believe it's a point that deserves to be brought up. You can't just keep adding, and I'm saying every conference. I would I would say this about the SEC. I mean, honestly, I, I can only really say this about two conferences, our conference, the Big Ten, and the SEC. You can't just keep adding blue bloods. At one point, we thought what we were adding was Oregon and Washington, not blue bloods, but historically extremely successful football programs, as well as it had been rumored. And again, don't know if it's still not even possible. uh, Florida State and Clemson. Holy cow. At some point, you have to start adding teams that the other teams in the Big Ten feel confident that they can beat. And there's a part of me that hopes we wind up adding Stanford and and Cal. Why? Because they're not very good football programs. And me, as a middle-class Iowa fan, I would like to see a couple more winnable games on the old B1G schedule. Okay. Me, as a lower-class Illini fan living in the slums, I don't like looking across the street and seeing my neighbors driving their Lamborghinis. It's... It yeah. gets a little insulting after a while. Like what did they what, get what another get? Tesla? Is that their second Tesla? <laughs> it never ends. I, I and I I mentioned this when USC and UCLA jumped on board. Things just keep getting harder for for the Indianas and Illinois and Purdue's and Northwesterns of the world. It, well, I mean, Kurt, it gets harder for everybody. I, I've had offline conversations with a lot of different fans of of fan bases, Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I feel like if you get people off of their puffy chesty, you know, stature and they're having real talk, we all feel like middle class people. I'm a middle class person in real life. Okay. And I have, you have to kind of understand where you rank and file, you know, it, it's, it was already a tough conference. It was made tougher with USC and, and for the most part, UCLA. Oregon and, and Washington, those are unit programs. It's okay to admit that there has to be some balance when growing because if you keep adding the top-level teams, some of those top-level teams, by the law of mathematics, will not be top-level teams anymore. And I don't know about yeah. you, man, but I just feel like hardly anybody ever talks about that fact. No, they don't. And selfishly going back to, to me as an Illini fan, it, it's it just kind of seems like par for the course. We're yep, we're finally doing the right things. The arrow's finally pointing up. We're we're finally moving up the ranks. And now you add two, four, maybe six more teams to push us right back down, even though we're playing better football. It's like, what do we have to do to succeed well, here? That's the <laughs> This is this is very typical for me and you. That's the glass glass half empty point of view. The glass half full would be thank you know God that Beetle got here in time to raise your status before this happened because you'd be in, in even more trouble. Another thing that I've talked about offline with Nebraska and Wisconsin fans, you could now retroactively say that the Luke Fickle hire at Wisconsin and the Matt Rule hire at Nebraska could wind up being the two biggest hires in the history of those football programs, certainly in the last 25 years, debatable for how far you want to go back, because now those coaches really need to get things going because 
this is only going to get tougher from here. Yeah. And by the way, I would also add Iowa onto that because Iowa's going to need a head coach sometime soon. And then I would even put Illinois in there because of the recency of Beetle. And I, and, and as a Minnesota fan, thank your lucky stars. You got Peach, a guy that's having success and is younger, he could be there for a while. Like this is the stuff you, the, the 10,000 foot view stuff you have to start looking at. Yeah. I suppose you could say that about a lot of the programs. Um, let me just, and, and let me add this George Klyavkos, Klyav, George Klyavkos. It's a tough name. Klyavkov? Something. I, I don't know. He's not my commissioner. George uh, K. Let's call him George K. George K. <laughs> George K. All right. That poor dude has been getting absolutely hammered on social media and in the media. And you can give me your point of view. Here's my quick point of view. Basically, you had already hit the iceberg. It's like turning to him and saying, hey, George, save our conference. Shit was already going to the bottom of the Atlantic. Well, I guess in this camp, (laughs) the Pacific, (laughs) there was nothing the dude could do about it. Yeah, but wasn't he? Oh no, he wasn't. I'm sorry. Larry Scott was the guy that um, that Larry made those Scott. horrible. Yeah, that's Larry a great point. Scott, deserves, you're right. Yeah, it's like it's almost like uh, the regular captain passed out, and now he's the backup captain. But you already hit the iceberg. Come on, save us. Come on, buddy. I I I feel like it's a bunch of people on social media, and I would say just regular old journalists that love to jump on the easy target, which is Georgia K. Dude, there's just, they have no business sense in the fact that look around, like, okay, again, we will eventually welcome in, you know, officially USC, UCLA, Oregon, and and Washington, okay? But the reason the Pac-12, Pac-10, I still don't know what to call it, Pac-nothing, the reason they're in this is because pack, pack, the pack ain't got to work here anymore. <laughs> and this is why the memes and the Jeffs are so good because of, <laughs> because of the, the, the ability you have with those. But what I want to say is let, let's be honest. There just isn't a lot of desire to, to watch and attend football games on the West coast. It's just fact. Even USC, Mighty Blue Blood, crowning jewel USC Trojans, their fans don't show up for their team, their games un- until they start winning. That's an issue. Now, I don't think that's the issue at, at Oregon. I give Oregon props. UCLA, an issue. Washington certainly have jumped back up since they've been good. But this isn't the, the, the Iowa's, Nebraska's, certainly Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Teams and fans that show up and tune into their teams, no matter what, they don't do that in the Pac-12. That, to me, is the basis of why the Pac-12 has essentially killed itself. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, One thing I wanted to point out is we got to give Brett McMurphy some credit here from Stadium Sports. Just want to give him a shout out because we've criticized him before when when we feel that he's deserved it. But all this stuff going on, I, I feel like a week's worth of breaking news happened today yes. in a span of about six hours. Correct. And 97% of it was 100% garbage. <laughs> 
but then once I saw Brett McMurphy say, okay, it's done, that Oregon and Washington are now officially in the Big Ten, then I knew it was real because when there's breaking news, you can trust that guy that he's got the real Correct. scoop. And there's a lot of supposed actual journalists that were just throwing things up against a wall, hoping they were sticking. There was a bunch of wannabe journalists that are, you know, just just bloggers or have a pretty big following on Twitter that were reporting stuff. That's again, mostly garbage. Once I saw Brett McBurphy's, that was the point where I'm like, okay, I guess we can actually have a podcast on it tonight. So good on you, Brett McMurphy and everyone else. Great demonstration today of horrible journalism. Yeah. It, it's kind of like our, your, uh, your beginning of that, that rant was the, the, the Brian Fontana, you know, 60% of the time it's bullshit. 100% <laughs> of the time. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. And, and maybe some of it is the minutia that is Twitter and social media, you know, that it kind of washes over. Um, Cause there's other, I think there's other uh, uh, journalists um, that do a good job of not throwing the crap out there until they feel like there's something to report or at least write an article on what they're hearing, you know, with stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I hear you there. And by the, and, and folks, that's why, I mean, Kurt and I, we not only had planned not to do this podcast until the news was official, we hoped to not do this podcast until the news was official because we we just we just didn't want this to happen. It, and that gets into you know the, the what you had, we had talked about before is like the tipping point financially. I had hoped we had reached that that point. I don't know if we know. By the way, the the financial details. I, I had heard somewhere around forty million a year that Oregon and Washington get for joining the big 10. So that's not as much as the rest the, the big 10 teams are already in. Correct. Well, okay. That's true. I mean, the current estimate is like a $80 million, right. 80, 80, to 80, 80 plus 80 is like the low end. And right. I think high end is even closer to hundred. Anyway, uh, but this that's, is, Hey, Kurt, that's this a thing, right? They get half the money that the rest of the, big well, 10 but hold on. Get. but this is, this is not new. This is what happened with Maryland. This is what happened with Rutgers. And it took them years to get up to 100% share. You got to pay your dues. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And by the way, they were looking at a deal for approximately $20 million a year if they stayed in the Pac-12. Yes. So they're, so they're, they're it's double. It's a huge they double win for else. them. Right. Yeah. By the way, maybe you'll think I'm naive with this take. I'm honestly kind of curious. Just one week ago. Okay. <laughs> by the way, I think maybe potentially just three days ago, I had heard... Big Ten officials. I mean, dude, we're what a week away from Big Ten media. Big Ten media days, right? It was just last week, right? Yeah, week out. Yeah, week, yeah, week out yeah. from Big Ten media days. Um, the message there is what I'm trying to get to. The message there was: we're happy at 16 teams. Man. We are concentrating on getting USC and UCLA in. Kurt, UCLA in. Kurt, I honestly, dude, I believe that. I believe that's what Tony Petiti. And the crew mm. thought, I don't think they wanted the remainder of the Pac-12 to implode, but the Big 12 came and got what they needed to get. I'm not blaming the Big 12. They got to do what they got to do for, for them, right? Because once the, you know, once the yeah. stuff happens, it is what it is. Once the Big 12 snatched Colorado and you saw the walls start caving in, at that point, I don't think Tony Petiti had any choice. It's basically like mm. if we don't get them, somebody will. 
And I think essentially it got shoved onto his plate and he's like, all right, let's do it. No, it's a good point. Maybe he was just being a gentleman and saying, you know what? We're not going to raid anybody. But once it became obvious that it was going to collapse regardless, well, you might as well get yours. And then to a certain degree, you know, it's a bargaining tool. If you wait until it's pretty obvious that the collapse is coming, Mm -hmm. maybe you can get Oregon and Washington at a cheaper price. Dude, I don't know about you, but I have thought I've put myself in Oregon and Washington fans shoes and the players and coaches, you know, in the athletic departments, but as well, dude, they have been twisting in the wind with this for months, if not a year or so. Yes. How petrified would you be thinking what happens if we just don't have a conference? Like this is how crazy this stuff where they have got to be. I mean, if I am a ducks fan, I, I am I am elated right now yeah, on, on how yeah. this wound up. Yeah, but conversely, I just feel bad for the Wazoos and Oregon States of the world, and even Cal, Stanford, Arizona's those schools. Those, so, Kurt, know, I do, but then show up, support. I your guess team. they don't. Yeah, but it's not like they don't have fans. Hold on, but it's not like they don't have fans. It's not like those fans that are supporting the team don't deserve better than this. Agree with the fans, the support. Okay. the You're right. That's a very good, you know, nuance that you work through the fans and coaches and players and everything. And, you know, people, you know, uh, entrenched in the athletic department, they do not deserve this crap. Absolutely. No doubt. But the quasi fans, you know, the people in the state, like, like Wazoo. Okay probably a lot of people in Washington are just like, eh, you know, I, that's, that's what I get from Washington state fans, you know, the Arizona fans too, Stanford Cal. Okay. Their fans are like, eh, so they're going to get what's going to come at them because I'm going to tell you something right now, when you are no longer in a power five or even, you know, to, to that status, you not, and not, it obviously affects your football program and your athletic department. It it affects your enrollment at your university yeah. to a certain degree. They're getting what 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 what's what is owed to them. Do you, do you think I'm being too harsh with that? Or well, I've been to Eastern Washington in that area. It's not exactly a burgeoning metropolis. There's just not a whole lot of so they show that, up. They go to the games. I I guess, but you can't. You can't count on someone in Western Washington to be a Wazoo fan because Seattle's right there. So what do you get? You get the 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 more sparsely populated area of the state to, to pull your fan base. Yeah. From. So but so that's in to me, that's just more of a case that our, that our guy Georgia K. He just dude, it what was the guy supposed to do? This was already baked yeah. into the cake. One more thing, too, that I wanted to point out. I would love to quiz the powers that be at USC and UCLA. Again, maybe I'm naive, but I think they thought they were going to be the only big fish in the big pond when they joined the Big Ten, which meant there would have been a vacuum of recruits and talent that would have flocked to USC and UCLA over the other California teams and honestly, any team on the West coast, just going to Oregon wash already dilutes that recruiting tap that, that USC and UCLA thought they had. 
I wonder if USC and UCLA people are pissed about that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're pissed about it. I'm wondering more about the administration, the presidents, and what were they promised or not promised? What did they ask for? What did they expect? These are the questions that interest me. This is a, this is, this would be, I I hope I'm still alive (laughs) 25 years from now. And if there is still an ESPN and they still do 30 for 30s, this would be an absolutely incredible 30 for 30 to interview people that now feel like they can speak freely on what actually went down in July and August of 2023, because it's some bonkers stuff, man. I mean, there could be right now, as we speak, two ADs and two school presidents in Los Angeles knocking back martinis and cursing Kevin Warren's name. Well, <laughs> yes. And the thing is, is do we need to do we need to give K Dub some more credit here? He wanted this from the get go. He wanted Oregon and Washington a year ago. Yeah. Did he no, just maybe. see it coming? Did he was just like, you little podunk presidents in the Midwest, <laughs> don't you see what's going on here? This is how it's gonna go. Yeah, I look we give him we've given him credit for the USC and UCLA thing. So maybe that's maybe enough credit foresight. For you. Well, I don't know. Maybe I had enough foresight to know this is going to happen. And maybe it's like, I'll just hand it over to the next guy and let him take the heat for, for, you know, blowing up the conference. But during this week, and then when the official news hit, do you think K-Dub was sitting in Chicago was like, I tried telling them motherfuckers this shit was going to happen. <laughs> I think it was. I think he is, man. Like he knew he might be he a little ahead of time. He might be a little smarter than we give him credit for. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So know. one thing. Yeah. One thing can take just a little sting off of this. I don't know if you've seen the meme of the, the not official, but the updated Big Ten Conference logo. The B1G yeah. changed the B18. Oh, B18. B18. All right. That's we, pretty good. But yeah. it looks like it's like it looks like a G, yeah. you know, but they just extended the, the G. So it yeah. closed the circle and made it an eight. We need that. That's pretty good. I'm okay with that. I need that. Yeah. I need you, it. you need that, that for you. The other the the funniest meme I've seen so far after the the news hit, it was it was on the top of the meme, it said, you know, B1G conference, and it had every power five team <laughs> not in the SEC. <laughs> and on the bottom it said independent and it just listed Notre Dame. I thought that Notre was, Dame, yeah. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, anyways, lo- you know, la- last Go ahead. Speaking of Notre Dame, I was just reading something today. It was actually published in May, but they're expecting to get because I keep thinking, well, come on, they've got to make a choice, right? They've got to choose either the Big Ten or SEC, and they're not going to choose the SEC. So what are we all waiting for? They're expecting to sign a sixty million dollar deal. So that's pretty good at least, yeah, in the neighborhood, you know. (laughs) Well, and then mix it with the endowment that they have at that university, anyways. They're Notre Dame is not hurting for for financial issues. You know what they could be hurting for, Kurt? Opponents. They they need people to to play football contests against. I swear this is something. But but with that being said, I have gotten to the point where I think and, and actually I think it was Kelly Ford, I, a guest that, that came yep. on the on the Eyes on Big podcast a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was him. It said, you know. Over the last couple of years, I've essentially flipped on my stance with Notre Dame. 
hats off to you for staying independent this long. If Notre Dame can weather all of this and stay independent through the whole thing, I ha- it's almost like after I saw that 30 for 30, ironically, on Christian Leitner, you're like, you know what? You've been a douche your entire life and you've just stayed in that lane. You know, tip of the hat to you. Notre Dame's in kind of the same boat. Well, it's one thing to weather the storm, but then to come out of it and still be highly relevant. That is my question. Can they can they do, do that, that with yeah, without joining a conference? That seems gonna, like it's getting harder tough. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. Crazy times, uh crazy reasons that we do emergency podcasts. The emergency podcasts seem to be happening more and more often these days, but I don't know. It is what it is. And I guess to try to put a positive twist on it. Okay. Let's, let's maybe try to do that. Right. Just, just a little bit. The first time I see Michigan at Oregon, you know, the first time I see Oregon at Wisconsin is going to be pretty cool. Me personally, one of the tailgating bucket list things that I would want to do is sailgating at Washington going out and if it works out so that when whenever Iowa visits Washington if I can you know financially and schedulely make it out there to make that happen dude I I would love that it's going to be a blast there's going to be perks of this that we as college football lovers are going to love but it's it's a guilty pleasure and it's going to be a guilty pleasure for guys our age, probably until the day we keel over. I'm not getting the same warm fuzzies. I just hope that they do something with pods where the Iowa's and Illinois are only playing those teams once or twice a year. You would think it would be. Yeah. You, you, and and what you're getting at is is the, actually the last tipping point that I never got to, which is the regionality. Have we reached the tipping point regionality where essentially you om- are almost forced to keep the regionality feel of these conferences simply because you would think USC, UCLA, Oregon, and 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 Washington will play each other every year because of travel costs, everything like that. Yeah. So there's three contests for each one of them every year that would give, you know, somebody like Iowa the chance to play Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska every year. Regionality, like I hope the Big Ten will figure out a way to keep a semblance of that inside the conference while also obviously intermixing so they can keep printing them checks. I would think you could do two four-team pods, one on each coast, and two five-team pods both in the Midwest. Speaking of, great segue, we've got a four-team podcast coming next as we get into our team previews, which will be Ohio State, Illinois, Maryland, and Northwestern. Shout out to our insiders who have helped us out with the info. Might have a little twist and a little something extra for those podcasts for our listeners. We've already got about a half hour, buddy. Is there anything else you want to add to this big topic of the day? Just that, remember, we named this upcoming podcast the LOL Illabuck Terp Cast. Nice. And we got a great response back. We did. Yeah. For, a, for a AI a, a made uh, logo for that podcast. We'll have to share it when we get it. Big Kurt, you got anything yeah, else to add? Well, and I, I don't have the name right, but we'll talk about it on the next. Oh, here he is. 
Bizarro Max at Bizarro Arch. Max. Arch oh, yeah. underscore Hawk at Arch underscore Hawk did a great job. Did a couple of a uh, couple of, of renderings for us. I, I, I prefer the one in the left, the more colorful one. But give them a give, check them out on the yep. old Twitters there. Thanks a lot for, for doing that, Max. That was great. Bizarro Max is he's good for creative stuff like that. All right, we'll, we'll we'll give him a shout out more with obviously the other teams and insiders on the next podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.